G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, we are getting closer and closer to the elections here in Australia. Of course, there's one coming up in the ACT. There's a state election in Queensland. And then one that seems to be overshadowing what's happening in Australia is, of course, the U.S. presidential elections. And one of the big factors that is having a huge impact on the way people are thinking about the election is the idea that there is a new Supreme Court judge that could be appointed under the presidential leadership of Donald Trump. And of course, I'm talking about Amy Coney Barrett, who is a Christian. And some of the criticisms that have arisen of recent times are that if you're a Christian and you're going to be in that sort of position on a Supreme Court, then maybe you're not going to be as objective as someone who's not a Christian. Well, Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been writing about this issue this week. Bill's back with us. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Always a pleasure. Bill, it is an interesting scenario, isn't it? And it's an American context, but there's something pretty important here. Are Christians, in fact, able to be objective when it comes to important decisions, whether it's law or politics? Uh, What are your thoughts as you've been reflecting on the issue in the United States? Yes, well, it's an important matter indeed. Uh, Obviously, the Christophobes and the misotheists, those who really don't like religion, certainly conservative Christian religion, they pull out all the stops, tell us you can't be objective no matter what you do. You're totally biased, bigoted. So you simply have to ask a few questions here. Does that mean a policeman, if he happens to be a Christian, cannot properly do his duties? Can a football umpire not do his duties properly if he's a Christian? Can a a judge in a lower court not do his duties? Can, you know, just can you make a pizza and do a good job and be a Christian? I mean, the truth is, first of all, the majority of people in America happen to be Christians. So are we going to ban them from any area where they might have to make decisions, whether they're a policeman or whether they're a referee at a sporting event? But secondly, even those who aren't Christians, they have a a guiding uh, worldview, a set of principles, religious principles, you might almost call them, that directs them as they make decisions and do things. So even if you're a secular humanist, uh, which, by the way, the U.S. Supreme Court did call uh, religion, uh, you've got your own biases as well. So the simple truth of the matter is everyone to an extent, has a bias. You want to do your best as a judge and others in important places to, you know, not unduly let your particular belief system color decisions you make, but uh, no one can escape. No one can be fully neutral, fully objective in, well, anything that they do. So this is just another secular left attack, in this case, on a conservative Christian justice. 
If the shoe was on the other foot, as it has been in past times, then a Democrat-nominated appointee to the Supreme Court would hold to those Democrat values. But because this woman is a Christian, she's been targeted here. But there's something very interesting in here, Bill. The fact that she is a Christian and the fact that we are Christians means that in some sense we're all a little predictable because we've got some objectivity about the way we think about things that are true. What are your thoughts here about being predictable? Because uh, the other side uh, likes to think that they'd like to have someone in there that's completely unpredictable. Yes. Well, anybody who knows the story of America's founding knows that uh, while not every founding father was a Christian, certainly most of them were at the very least, theists, uh, religious of one kind or another, a few deists thrown in the mix perhaps, but almost all of them knew that the new republic would not get off the ground, would not long last if it weren't based on religion and morality. And of course, by that, they didn't have Buddhism in mind or Islam. They had the Christian religion in mind. That was their belief system that to have an effective democracy, to have an effective American republic, including its rule of law, uh, it has to be based on objective moral standards, uh, you know, objective truth. So that for them was, of course, Christianity. So again, there's so many ways we can catch these guys out, as you've hinted. Uh, For example, nobody's challenging the religion of uh, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, both claiming to be Catholics. Uh, Of course, there might be a bit of a difference between their Catholicism and that of Amy Coney Barrett, who is a pro-life conservative, pro-family, seven kids, two of them adopted. So, you know, if they're going to pick on the Catholicism of Amy, why aren't you picking on the Catholicism of Joe and Kamala? So too many double standards here, too much hypocrisy going on, I'm afraid. Well, Bill, while we're talking about this particular issue in the context of the U.S. presidential election and uh, an appointment to the U.S. Supreme Court, the same issue happens here in Australia, does it not? Because there are a lot of people who think that having a Christian prime minister is a bad thing. And, of course, Mm -hmm. if you hearken not only to uh, the idea of Scott Morrison being a Christian and being the Prime Minister of Australia, but, but also the challenges that came to Tony Abbott in his Prime Ministership, yep. where people would think that because you're a Christian, because you hold to those values, that your values are not worth having, and they are actually a detestable value to have at the top. Yeah. Well, again, we just remind these folks that even still today, as we become more secularized, still, at least as of the last census, uh, the majority of Australians uh, are religious, and the majority of those are Christians. So what do these uh, secularists have in mind, that everybody who has any faith system whatsoever simply step down from everything they're doing, whether it's being a school teacher or sitting on a court or flipping hamburgers. I I mean, some of these secularists would like to see that happen. They probably want us all locked up and put in internment camps because they consider us to be that dangerous. But the truth is, the great majority of Australians are Christian. So whether we have a Christian prime minister and some Christian MPs, once again, uh, we can easily point out the double standards. I uh, recall one senator who actually happened to be, uh, when, well, the old Democrat 
Party uh, in Australia, which is no more, but he was a hardcore lefty, but he was also a uniting church minister. He was, you know, pushing all these agendas 20, 25 years ago, pro-homosexual, you name it. And yet, funny, I don't recall any of the secularists and atheists saying, oh, we have to get rid of this senator uh, from the Democrat Party who's, um, uh, well, he's a, a minister, for heaven's sakes, a uniting church minister. We can't have that. He can't be objective as a politician. But nobody was saying that, of course, because he happened to be on their side. He was pushing all their left-wing values. So it's only when you have a conservative religious person, that's when the other side gets all upset. And then all of a sudden it becomes a primary criteria of whether you're eligible to serve in important positions or not. So Amy Coney Barrett, uh, she is a Christian and she is conservative, and uh, we'll assume that that's uh, all rock solid. Uh, what people are afraid of here on the left, those secular humanists, as you're describing them, uh, the idea that somehow or other she might be the one who's the catalyst to overturn a Supreme Court precedent in the Roe versus Wade case. And uh, I know that's likely to be challenging, but if that were to happen, that would affect uh, around the whole world uh, the political stance on issues like abortion. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And that's why every uh, four years when we have a presidential election, we know how very important it is because one of the key things is appointing justices to the Supreme Court. Nine of them there. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. We got eight, so we have one seat to fill. So it always becomes highly politicized, highly charged whenever this happens. And as you say, one of the biggest ticket items there altogether for everybody, left and right, Republican, Democrat, is, of course, the abortion issue. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett is pro-life, as we said, uh, has seven of her own children, so the left is absolutely terrified. Oh, no, she's going to pull down Roe v. Wade. Well, first of all, she's only one. If she gets in, only one of nine, so it will be a joint decision. Uh, secondly, the critics have been saying, oh, this is unprecedented. She'll tear down all of these decisions that the court has made. A uh, Democrat senator in Hawaii was labeling this charge against Amy recently. Uh, little does she seem to know that in our 200 years of American history or thereabouts, uh, some 300 Supreme Court decisions have been uh, overturned or radically changed later on by the court itself. So this happens all the time. That's what it does. These laws are not inviolate. Sometimes they got things wrong. Sometimes they got laws laws uh, on uh, slavery wrong, for example, and they were later overturned. So, uh, you know, nothing to be panicking about here. Uh, we have plenty of uh, more liberal justices still on the court, with or without religion. Uh, the merits of the case of whether something like Roe v. Wade, and by the way, the, the, to say it's going to be overturned, all that means that you go back to the status quo, and that was before 1973, all 50 U.S. states determined what they would do with the matter of abortion. That was struck down in 73, taken away from the 50 states. 
So at best, all we're talking about is bringing it back to where it was. Let the individual states determine which way they want to go on the contentious abortion issue. So that issue is not easily resolved anyway. It doesn't matter who is on the Supreme Court. Interestingly, though, Bill, and we've talked in earlier conversations, this idea of, uh, anecdotally, a real mass movement of Christians uh, into Mm. the political arena. And so people are afraid if someone goes into politics that holds to a Christian faith that somehow or other uh, would be headed for a theocracy. Uh, that might be that might be the thought in America. That would be the thought here in Australia too. But, of course, uh, there are all sorts of checks and balances uh, in there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this idea of people being afraid that there would be a theocracy, which, which might make us all a bit nervous, actually? Well, again, uh, yet another lame charge that the left loves to throw our way, I hear it all the time, you know, uh, has no basis for any number of reasons. First of all, as we said, everybody's got a worldview. Everybody has some kind of prior commitment, ultimate belief system by which they judge things, make decisions. So everybody does it. Uh, Secondly, as you rightly say, we do have checks and balances. you know, it's not going to happen. We're not going to turn Australia into, uh, you know, the First Baptist Church on uh, 10th Street or whatever, uh, say, Scott Morrison's more Pentecostal variety might be. That's not going to happen. And again, the third, as we already pointed out, uh, I never get the left screaming about theocracy when they have religious lefties, you know, who are pro-abortion, pro-homosexual marriage, you name all the radical agendas. If they're uh, religious and a politician, oh, no problem. Nobody says anything. It's only for some strange reason (laughs) when you've got a Christian who's a conservative, ah, then all of a sudden, danger, danger, theocracy is just around the corner. So, uh, and by the way, the U.S. Constitution made it quite clear that the religious test should not be held for anybody seeking public office. So that should mean the lefty should back off on Amy. Her religion, in a sense, is outside. It's immaterial to her ability to be a good Supreme Court justice. It'll be interesting to see things unfold here, Bill. And an interesting conversation, isn't it, to talk about Christians in places of authority and uh, the loud voices that are fearful of uh, Christians uh, having a place where they might be influential. Well, it's great to get your insights as always. Let me point people to BillMuhlenberg.com and you can read Bill's latest article. Simply Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill Muhlenberg, great catch up. Thanks so much for joining us again today on 2020. Always great to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.